you thanks for gathering us together here this afternoon. And we ask you to send us your Holy Spirit to guide us so that we may always grow ever closer to you. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And Father, and Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we live in a place where it's all about efficiency. You know, trying to get the most done in the most efficient way. Trying to get results. And that's how, you know, our normal life is in this country, in this culture. But that doesn't mean this is how it's supposed to be in our spiritual lives. We don't become productive by how much we do. Our effective work can be, on, can be done through prayer. The more we spend time in prayer, the more efficacious our works would be. I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, Blessed Mother Teresa of Calcutta. She was doing all her great work with, her, with the sisters. They were serving the needy, they were helping the dying. And they were spending every day an hour, they started the day with an hour of prayer and adoration. And things at the beginning were not working very well. And the sisters were really tired and they went to her and said, Mother, we're doing all this great work for God. Can we just spend less time in prayer? We're really tired. A little bit more of sleep would really help. So they woke up the next morning and they saw their schedule. And their schedule had two hours of prayer instead of just one. And that's when her ministry started to take off, started to be more productive, started to become more known and have more fruit. Uh, I know a, a priest who's done some really, really great work and he always says when you know, God's trying to do something, just stay out of your, his way. Just, you know, by spending time in prayer, God will make things possible. It's not what we do, what we accomplish. It's what he accomplishes through us. That's, that's how, what it means to be holy. It's nothing to do with, you know, how many people you brought in or what are the great things that people will look at and say, oh, he did this or that. It has nothing to do with that. It's the more you conform yourself to God, that's what makes you holy. And you can only do that through prayer. To have effective spiritual action is to be a man of prayer. To be able to do more, that only means you have to pray more. And you have to trust in God. Things might not work the way you would expect them to work. Things will not work the way you want them to work. But trust in God and things that you cannot even imagine and hope for will be accomplished in him and through him. The divine economy is God's work. It's how God, it's what God is accomplishing in our lives, how God works in our lives. And we can only tap into it by spending more time. We cannot be effective in showing our faith unless we are on our knees. <laughs> Even, even theologian, there's a great, great theologian from uh, the 20th century who would say theology is a, is a science or it's a, a discipline that is done on your knees. You can only be productive in becoming a good theologian or you can be, only be effective in becoming great at what you do, at bringing fruit from your works by spending time on your knees praying. 
It's not you who will accomplish things. It, will, it is God who will bring 30, 60, and 100 folds from the works that he trusts into your hands. So let's, let's start by a simple question. Why are you here? Why am I here? Yeah. Oh, because he invited me. Because <laughs> he invited you. Yeah, he is in trouble, this guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to discover God in my life. Discover God in my life. Anyone else? To get to know Jesus better. That's the only reason we do anything. Yes. To grow closer to Jesus yes. and everything. Yeah. That's the only reason why we live. Yeah. Because this life will end. Right. Mm -hmm. We'll have eternal life with him. Everything we do is about that relationship, building that relationship with Jesus. That's what drives us. That's what gives us life. And how can we get closer to Jesus? How can we be tapped into his source of life? How can we be one with him? The only way to do that, the first and foremost way to do that is prayer. So I will be talking a little bit to, to, uh, this afternoon about prayer, different types of prayer, how to pray, why we pray, and all these different things that are hopefully help us go closer to Jesus. Okay, how do we pray? How do what are how how do you pray? Anyone here? How do you pray? Say the rosary. Say the rosary. That's see. Here's the problem. Don't say the rosary, pray the rosary. Yes. <laughs> There's a difference here. It's not a chore. <laughs> it's not a chore. Right. It's a, it's, it's a beautiful prayer centered about the life of Jesus, the mysteries of life of Jesus. We cannot be saying that. We meditate on that. We cherish that. We fall in love with him as we pray. We meditate on what he's done. We meditate on who he is. You cannot just say the rosary. You're, you know, again, it's not a chore, it's not a checklist. It's that relationship, that's what we're looking for. Anyone else? I just talk to God, like Jesus, like I would talk to you. I pose questions, I, I, I uh, read scripture to, to, and then ask what it means, you know. And, so, just so a conversation. Conversation. Conversation prayer. Anyone else? No. Well, I think uh, studying and praying the scriptures. Absolutely. <laughs> Jesus is the second person of the Most Holy Trinity, the Son of God. <clears throat> Jesus is the Word of God. He is present in sacred scripture. We're not reading a book. We are conversing, communicating, listening, and learning about this person. Jesus is our goal in life. Jesus is a person, not a concept, not an idea. He's a person that we need to fall in love with, a person that we need to get to know, a person that we need to feel comfortable around. A person that we need to open up to. So, any other ways of praying? Another thing? Singing. Singing. Yeah. Praising God. Yeah. Expressing yourself any way you can to praise God. You know, 
We have bodies. Right. We have voices. We have everything. We use them. Right. God gave them to us. We use these things. Uh, another way to think of prayer is resting in God. So all this, all everything that goes on in your life, all the craziness out there, just go there and rest in God. There's nothing. You don't need to do anything. Just show up. Know that you're in His presence and rest. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that in due time He may exalt you. Cast all your anxieties on Him, for He cares about you. Be sober, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experience of suffering is required of your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, establish, and strengthen you. To him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. With the words of the Lord. Cast all your anxieties on him. Rest in God. Yes. What was that, 1 Peter? 1 Peter chapter 5. Chapter 5, verse? Yes, verses, I think it's 11. 5 to 11. 5 to 11. Cast all your cares on him. He loves you. He cares for you. You don't hide things from God. On the contrary. <laughs> you go there and open up everything. Take it all out. Take it all out on him too. That's fine. He'll take it. He'll accept it. Right? Exactly. It's, it's not going to be a true relationship if it's, you know, few things maybe I can share with God. You know, these things, I don't think he wants to see them. I don't think he wants to even hear them. No, no. Everything. Yeah. Everything. The good and the bad. Especially the bad. But the good and the bad. <laughs> if you're not going to talk about these things with him, who are you going to share them? Who's going to help you? Who's going to free you? Right. For freedom we were made. <clears throat> That's what St. Paul tells us. Open up to him. Share your hope. Don't hide anything back. You know? Spend time in the adoration chapel. Go there every day and take it all out on him. Just don't leave anything. Just, you know, don't hold anything inside. It's not good for you. It's much better that he would deal with that. You're not going to be able to do much on your own, believe me. Right. So trust in him. Let him take care of everything. So, let's talk about types of prayer. Uh, we want to talk about different types of prayer. Who knows different, different types of prayer? Contemplative prayer. Contemplative prayer, which means? Which means putting your resting in God. Resting in God, perfectly. Anyone else? 
I'm afraid to say anything. It's okay. That's why. <laughs> it's more fun this way. Come on. <laughs> Fasting? Fasting is not prayer. Yeah. Fasting helps you pray. Yes. Petition. Petition. Definitely. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. <clears throat> That's like what starts and ends. What starts and ends. Thanksgiving, the good and the bad. That's what starts and ends. Just worship, like worship. praise. Praise. Glory, all the glory. Glory. So, meditation. Meditation. Yes, there, there are like, so there are, you know, we have a great tradition, 2,000 years. We have great saints that taught us so many different things. So we can gain from the wisdom that they, they experienced, the wisdom that they shared with us. So we have verbal prayers or the rosary, all the formal prayers. Those are, you know, verbal prayers. You say them. You don't have to say them aloud even when you're saying them to yourself. They're still verbal prayers. There's mental prayer where you meditate. You spend time in quiet reflecting on things that happen, on where God has worked in your life, how God has touched you, how God has helped you through things. Most likely you didn't even realize it at the time. But when you take time in quiet, meditative reflection, maybe even years later, you see how God, in the smallest thing that you would never be able to do on your own, He was there for you. He was helping you. Reading scripture, studying scripture, meditating on scripture, praying the scripture. Again, this is the word of God. It's not a book. It's not an instruction book for sure. It's a relation. It's a person. You need to spend time with that person. Study. Learn this person. Learn about the Son of God. Listen to him. Let him speak to you. Let him touch your heart. Allow him to touch your heart. We have a great, great resource in the church, which is liturgical prayer. So we can pray, you know, we have all our liturgies, the Mass, the Eucharist, all, all our rites, they're liturgical prayers. But also we have the prayer that Jesus prayed, the prayer that the body of Christ prays as Christ, the liturgy of the hours, prayers that are seven, seven different times during the day. We have prayers in the morning, prayers in the beginning of morning, the afternoon, afternoon, evening, and night prayer, as well as office of reading. Those are uh, the prayers of the church, the prayers that basically center around the sound. We believe that these are the prayers that Jesus prayed, and his body, the church, continues to pray that prayer now. Pray without ceasing. Throughout the day, throughout the day, all over the world, people are praying these prayers. So at any moment when 24 hours a day, somebody is praying, you know, when St. Paul says, pray without ceasing, this is how we do it. So here's St. Paul telling us a little bit about prayer, but also a lot about how to live a Christian life, truly live a Christian life. Rejoice in the Lord, always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let all men know your forbearance. The Lord, the Lord is at hand. Have no anxiety about anything. But in everything, 
by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The word of the Lord. So we all pray prayers of petition. We pray for others. But prayers of supplication, recognizing that we need help from God, that's a great form of prayer. There's, you know, we can never think that anything is too small, too little for God. God loves you personally. God wants the best for you. Not like you as a concept. No, you personally. Every, each single one of us. He wants to help us. But he also asks us to turn to him. He wants us to ask him for help. So there's nothing wrong with praying for about something you need help with. And no, you're not going to say, oh, God has much bigger things, more important things. It doesn't work that way. You cannot say, like, who am I? What is this? It's nothing. It's meaningless. No. It means something for him because he loves you. He cares about you. And he wants the best for you. Again, not a concept. It's reality. Reality belongs to Christ, as St. Paul tells us. So what else you want me to talk about? Righteousness. You... Here's what we have in our Catholic Church, which is a great, great, great gift from God. We have our sacramental life. So, the way it works, the more we're actively participating in the sacramental life, the more we receive the Eucharist. We go, we celebrate the sacrament of reconciliation and all the other sacraments that we have in our life. The less likely that we can sin, the less likely that we can separate ourselves from God. It's just, that's again, divine economy. But that's how it works, not up to us, it's up to Him. The more we are part of the sacraments and life of the church, we cannot live anything but a righteous life. Yes, we will fail and we will sin, but that will never have the final say. God will always bring us back to Himself. That's His will for us. He suffered and died on the cross for us. <laughs> He really, really cares about us. So, another thing that uh, Jeff wanted to talk about was discernment. In our understanding of discernment in Catholic faith, we're not discerning between something good and something bad. That's not discernment. Discernment is between good things. Between what? Two good things. Otherwise, it's not discernment. I mean, if it's something bad and you know it's bad, yeah. you don't need to discern anything about it. Yeah. What we're discerning is between two good things and trying to figure out what we should be doing, what God is calling us to do. How can we do that? If you don't know someone, you wouldn't know what this person would want from you. That's normal. That's, that's common sense. So, 
you want to know what God wants from you? Everything we talked about. Prayer. Scripture. Adoration. Meditation. Reflection. Contemplation. All of these things. That's how you learn anything about what God wants you to do. It's all about that relationship. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, then you're wasting your life. And not just that, you're really choosing the hard life. Life can be much easier with Jesus. Yeah. That relationship will eventually get you to a point where you have the most important thing that you can have in any relationship. <clears throat> Trust. The word we use for it is faith, but it's the same word. It's the, uh, the trust. You learn how to trust God. Not because you earned it, because believe me, none of us will earn it, but because of who He is. You trust that He will take care of you in the good and in the bad. You trust that. Everything will work out for the best for those who love God as Saint Paul tells us. The more you spend time with him, the more you spend you pray, the more you get to know him, the more you invite him into your life, the more you can build that relationship, the more you can trust him.